In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. My dear brothers and sisters, these readings are beautiful for the 26th Sunday of Ordinary Time, manifesting to us the gift of God and how our response to that gift should be. In the first reading from Numbers, we see this story about Moses and the 70. Moses, who had the Spirit of God with him and was leading the people and directing them according to what the Lord kept telling him and how they should go and where they should go and what they should do, and he would resolve their problems and all. It was over an overburden to Moses. So many people to direct and to guide and to help. And so the Lord had him call 70 elders to the, to the meeting tent in order for him to share that spirit of Moses, which is the spirit of God, with the 70. But two of them remained at home. You, know, you might say they were late to church, right? They didn't make it on time. But the Spirit came down upon those two in the camp. And a young man comes running and says, there's two men in the camp prophesying. And there's Joshua, the assistant of Moses, who says, should we stop them? Let's stop them now. And Moses' response is very prophetic. He says, but Moses answered him, are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit on them all. You are the fulfillment of that prophecy. Every Christian who is baptized has received the gift of the Holy Spirit and become a temple of God. So we share that same spirit of Moses and the 70. We share the spirit of Christ, the spirit of the Lord who has come upon us to give us new life. And so you are the fulfillment of this prophecy of the Old Testament. Would that the Lord, the people of the Lord, were all prophets. In your baptism, you became priest, prophet, and king. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit on them all. After he rose from the dead, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now go baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Share this gift of divine life with the world. God wants us to be happy. He wants us to have eternal life. That is divine life within us. He wants to share in his life now on earth. That is called grace, God's life in our souls. And he wants us to carry that grace with us, unstained, into the gateway of heaven so that we rejoice with him forever, for all eternity. This is God's gift to you. You are the fulfillment of this prophecy as you have received from the Lord the gift and become a prophet for the Lord to go and proclaim the good news to those around you. So if God has given us this gift, then the psalm tells us, well, how should we respond to this gift that God has given me? We just all sing, sincerely, I hope, the precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. Another way of saying that would be, if you really want to be happy, be obedient to God. God has given you this gift. Now use this gift to give glory to his name and above all to love one another as he has loved you. This is the greatest commandment. Love God above all things. Love others as he has loved us. To strive to fulfill this in our lives each day, at home, at work, with the people we come into contact with. To be a witness of God's love in this world that so much needs it. That's your mission. 
You have received the gift of his spirit, and he wants you to share that with those you meet, with those around you, and thus give glory to God the Father. And you can do that by keeping the precepts of the Lord. They're not mere do's and don'ts. It's, you've received this gift from me, now live it to the full. Let my spirit well up within you so that it transforms you as a member of my body into Christ. So that it allows you to give the love of Christ, the mercy of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ, the patience of Christ, the caring of Christ to those right there next to you right now. To those you will have the opportunity to share the gift of the Spirit with as a prophet of the Lord. If we continue with the second reading, St. James, he starts out by saying, come now, you rich. And we could say, oh, good, I've I've hardly got anything, so he's not talking to me here because he's going to scold them. No, he's talking to every human heart because who doesn't want to have it all? (laughs) We'd like to have no worries, you know, 401ks that are blasted out of proportion so we don't have to worry about the future, all the money we need so we don't have to worry about food or clothing or Everybody wants to have enough to be okay. We all long to have. And oftentimes we can be envious of those who have when we don't. And so he's talking to the human heart that longs to fill itself with so many things of this world. And oftentimes at the expense of others. You've stored up treasures for the last days, but you beheld the wages, you withheld wages from your workers. You know? You were so worried about yourself that you didn't take care of your neighbor. You're so caring about having you that that became your God and you left God aside and you left your neighbor aside and that that happens so often in our world today the selfish tendency of the human heart is one that we constantly have to be fighting because the Lord has taught us to be selfless in love selfless means put God and others first those are the two great commandments love God above all things love others as I have loved you in other words more than yourself That's what Jesus invites us to do. That's what we are called to do as our mission as Christians in the church. And yet the tendency of our fallen human nature, our concupiscence, our pride, our selfishness, leads us to seek oneself. But our wealth will rot away, our clothes will become moth-eaten, the gold and silver will corrode. All those things, in other words, are passing. If we put all our heart on those things and not on what is most important, the gift of God, his spirit within us, that we are to live and share with others, then we misuse these things. And they all of a sudden become reason for our own condemnation. That's why if we go to the gospel, we find the apostles again, just like Joshua to Moses, the apostles see someone teaching in the name of Jesus, driving out demons, and they want to stop him. Lord, he's not with us. Let's stop him. And Jesus, like Moses, says, no, No, if they're not against us, they're for us. No one can do a mighty deed in my name and be against me. And then Jesus calls them, his apostles, to rise up to a higher level. Now he's calling you, he's calling me, to rise up to a higher level. He says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your foot causes you to sin, Cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Now, 
Is there anybody here who is not a sinner? Who has never sinned? With their hands or with their feet or with their eyes? You know, if we were to take this literally, we'd all be maimed. We'd have, we'd, I don't know if there'd be anybody that could push us to church in a wheelchair. Really? <laughs> I mean, you'd have to bring me in a bag and set me on the altar here to try to serve the Mass because we're all sinners. That's what Jesus is saying. He's not saying, okay, pluck your eyes out and cut off your hands and feet. He's saying, no, if it's your hand that's leading you to sin, stop reaching out for that sinfulness and use that hand to reach out for what is right and good. Change that which you're doing to, to, to strive to do what is right and just and good before God. Use your hands for good. You don't overcome evil by pushing it away. If we just keep pushing, 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 sooner or later your hands slip and you fall right back into it because all your attention is on what you're pushing away. The only way to overcome evil is by doing good. That's why St. Paul says you conquer evil with good. So if instead of reaching this way, I turn my back on the evil and reach towards God, reach towards good, reach towards the service and love of my neighbor, strive to do what is right and just before him, I will overcome the evil with good. So I'm not cutting my hands off in this literal sense. I'm cutting them away off of the sin and into the goodness. I'm putting them and directing them to reach out for what is right. Same with my feet. If I'm walking in a, in a, a path that's leading me down vice and sinfulness and emptiness, and there's so much of this in the world today, division and, 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 and addictions and vices and ideologies that are just completely contrary to the pleasing of the Spirit of God. And yet we can be so drawn into them by so many manipulations of words and, and feelings that there is in the world today. And yet if I'm walking a path that is not the path of God, then I have to strive to direct my feet to a path that leads me to him, that leads me to the goodness, that leads me to the righteousness, that leads me to do what is pleasing to the Spirit of God. The same with my eyes. You know, years ago, if somebody wanted to fall into the vice of pornography, for example, you know, you had to go to this closed-up dark store and find that magazine and then hide it from everybody else and go find a place where you could look at it yourself in order to, you know, satisfy your lustful desires. Now that's not necessary. You don't have to hide from anybody. You could be sitting right here in church looking on your phone. Sadly, that's the reality. It's at your fingertips in the world today all over the place. And so many are drawn to fall into it because our concupiscence of our nature leads us to our weaknesses. You know, Is God saying, pluck your eyes out? Literally, No, he's saying, took your eyes off of that and put it on what's good. Don't degrade the human person and the human being through these means that are making them into objects of your own selfish lust. But turn that lust into an act of love by respecting and honoring every other human person, by seeking their good, by loving them as sons and daughters of God, and thus directing your eyes towards what is right and holy and pure. No? I can either let myself be carried. You know, sinning is easy. It's like jumping into a river that's got a strong current. All you have to do is jump in. It'll take you downstream. Virtue demands to swim against that current, to strive to do what's right and good. So the Lord is inviting us to rise up, to not allow ourselves to be taken down by these 
human tendencies of our concupiscence, of our lust, of our avarice, of our selfishness, of our anger, of our hatred, of our pride, of these things that want to drag us away from the Spirit of God. And he wants us to do this with a joyful spirit. Rise up and come to him and look for the good. Ask yourself. I mean, I think we've all had the experience. When we do something good for someone or something that we know is right before God, it's fulfilling. It's uplifting. It's something that makes us feel complete. But when you do something that's selfish, that hurts others, that offends God, there's something that is the feeling within, even if it's a moment in the moment, oh, what a pleasure. You know, we thought that pleasure would fulfill us, but it leaves us what? Empty, sad, full of anxiety, anguished, <sighs> longing to, to rid ourselves of that ugh, and, and get back into the fullness of grace. No one's ever been happy sinning, even if it's been pleasurable for a moment. In the end result, there's not happiness. That's why when we ask God for his forgiveness, he fills us up again. And even in our sinfulness, he blesses us with his grace. Because God is always faithful, even when we aren't. And so he wants us to continue to come back to him. To put nothing before him. That's what St. James was speaking about. It's not like he's saying, the material goods of this world, I can, you have to despise them. No. Now, don't despise the goods, the material goods you need. You need clothing. You need food. You need money to pay the bills. You need a house. You need a car. You need these things. You can use them wisely. You can use them well. You can enjoy life. You can have a great time on this earth. But do it by keeping the precepts of the Lord and giving glory to God. Don't put them in God's place. I remember when I was young, I think I told you this story before. I was 14. My friend and I, we just got our permits. Back then you could get them at 14. I think now you have to be 15. And we're, this new car had just come out, both Ford and Chevy. They came out with the El Ranchero y El Camino. Most of, some of you remember those. I think the young people probably don't remember those cars, but looking at the faces, I think probably most of us here remember the El Camino y El Ranchero. You know, it was a, a car pickup truck. It was a pickup that was a car. It was one, one or the other. It was both. Well, we were saying, oh, I'd like this one, I'd like that one. Man, I get in my ranchero, I get in my Camino. And my sister was listening to us to, she's only, she was only a year and a half older than us. She's listening to us talk about these cars, these material things. And she says to us, you know, you can't take your car to heaven. And I answered right back, no, but I can sure enjoy it while I'm here. <laughs> It's true. We can't take the material things to heaven. They shouldn't become a god for us. Money, power, fame, vices, they're all passing things. Even the, the, the good, licit enjoyments of life, no, I can't turn it into something that's more than God. I let the Spirit of God fill my heart so that I can live for Him and thus, in accordance with His Spirit, seek to be obedient to His will even though we fall, and we fall, and we fall, over and over we fall. But if we keep coming back and saying, God, I love you, forgive me, help me to do your will, help me to go forward, help me to glorify your name, help me to allow your spirit to well up within me and share your love and your mercy, your forgiveness with others, 
Well, then that's what he's expecting of us. That's what he wants of us. That's how this prophecy is fulfilled. Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. That's you. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit on them all. He has. And you have received it. And now it's up to you to share his love, his mercy with others. If we do that at home and at work with the people that are right around us, you know, we can make our world a better place. And if we make our world a better place, we can make the world a better place. But we need to be aware that it's only through this gift that's come from him that gives meaning to our whole life for all eternity and not the passing cares that the world would have us cling to that we're going to find that way, that truth, and that life. Let's ask God to give us the grace to understand this message so that today we can enjoy. Enjoy the day. Go out for lunch. Enjoy your family. Have a great time. Do whatever you're going to do today. Do it with God. Do it with his spirit. Do it with his love. Share it with those around you and you'll find fulfillment in your life. Forget what I just said, and just do it for yourself and try to satisfy your own basic needs, your own selfishness. If you want to live in sadness, that's up to you. But that just brings emptiness and pain to you and those around you. Let's take God's offer. Let the Spirit of God be what guides us. If we have received the Spirit, St. Paul says, let us follow the Spirit's lead. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.